Sam, quickly, can you promise us that this podcast is going to be more exciting than the Super Bowl? Yes, Jack. Even if it was eight hours long and it was just you singing, it would be better than that. What's going on, Rank Squad? We're back and there's plenty more to be sorted out and dropped back in the right order in the world of football. So, welcome back to the only place which is ranking the big issues, the ranking roller coaster itself. It's BR Football Ranks. My name is Jack Collins and I'll be your skipper on today's voyage across the seas of the Football Ranks world. And joining me as ever are the two towers of this podcast, our very own Sauron and Saruman, if you will. First up, it's the man who, when it comes to transfers, has more feelers out on the ground than an army of earthworms. It's Dean Jones. Hello, young Jack. And it's the ranking world's leading man. The man whose song, Rank You Next, was stolen by Ariana Grande for her latest album. Sam Tai is in the building. That is a true story. Thank you for bringing it to our attention, Jack. Facts only. Facts only. Later on, we have a very special guest on the pod. The most famous barber since Sweeney Todd and for very different reasons. The man who keeps the biggest stars in world football looking sharper than his own razor blades Ahmed from A-Star Barbers is going to be here ranking the best haircuts in football and also talking about some of the best stories he's had from kicking around with the stars but before we get on to that let's talk hot takes Dean you good to start us off I'm good mate because I've got an exclusive for you all this week look we know the Champions League is coming back next week it's all going to get back underway if you didn't know that you can start getting excited right now because i've got the results from the first four matches that are going to be played <laughs> what next no, week yeah no explain yeah you're gonna time to machine no i've got i've just got the results for you so <laughs> get ready for them the first four games of the champions league next week will be ending like this roma one porto one man united two psg one tottenham one borussia dortmund two Ajax 2, Real Madrid 3. You're welcome. That's it? That's it. That's my hot take for this week. You don't need to know any more than that. Champions League's coming back and that's how the results are going to end up. Before this podcast goes out live, (laughs) I'm going to see what the odds are on that and I'm going to stick a quid on it. And if you make me a very rich man, Dean Jones, then I think we're uh, good. I'm probably going to look really silly this time next week. uh, No, seriously though, I think... I think it's time to get excited. I've missed the Champions League a lot and um, I've been looking at these fixtures all weekend and thinking which ones are going to be the best and I thought well I'm just going to talk about it here and make some predictions I don't think they're too bold to be honest I think that Roma drawing one all with Porto is pretty reasonable given that Roma have been at war with their, some of their own fans they lost 7-1 to Fiorentina recently in the, in the cup um, they were better against AC Milan at the weekend but they're still not quite um, as good as they can be so I think Porto can take hope from that United PSG well PSG are going to be missing Two of their key men, Neymar and Verratti. United certainly more hopeful than they were when this draw was made. Definitely. Enough there. It's amazing how things change, isn't it, over the course of two months. When that draw was made, I I gave United absolutely no chance of winning this now, game. But look what's happened. And now, I reckon it's a 50-50 split between them. I don't think United are going to win the first leg. I think we've... You I don't, think, Al Trafford. I think, that, I think they'll draw it to all. Okay. I do. I think... I think United over the last couple of weeks have not looked as good as they did in that early stage under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. That's still good enough to draw with PSG, who are a hell of an outfit. Let's not let's not get that twisted. Like yeah. without Neymar, fine. Maybe without Verratti, fine. But they're still really, really good. Um, 
but United PSG, I think, is is right on the knife edge. And if you did in December when this draw was made, if you'd have said that to me, I thought you're mad. Like United was so far behind PSG when this draw was made, and this just goes to show that. Basically, that article I did in December predicting how this thing goes, well, I should have waited about two months, shouldn't I? <laughs> and PSG, you know, unbeaten run over as well now. As for Tottenham Dortmund, I think that this is a really, really difficult uh, game for Tottenham. Still at Wembley, still haven't moved into their new stadium. Still going to be no Harry Kane as far as I'm concerned. I know that there's been talk that he could be back for this one, but if he's only just started running, how's he going to be fully fit to take on Dortmund in one of the most energetic games we're ever going to see? You know, it's going to be so high-paced and and frantic that um, I just don't think Tottenham have got enough in their locker to get past a Dortmund team who have been so good so far this season and looking to maintain that form. And then Ajax 2, Madrid 3... Basically, this game could go really weird. Um, <laughs> Ajax's recent results, a 4-4 draw, a 6-2 defeat and a 6-0 win. And then you've got Real Madrid who are coming into this. Well, they won't be quite the same, but they've just won five games in a row. They're getting to that stage of the season where this is really where Real Madrid and Barcelona always begin their season. This is when everything matters and this is where they mean business. So they're going to get over the line but Ajax are going to make them work for it I think that will probably be the most entertaining game of those four I think it kind of depends on what happens between here and you know that game actually taking place in Madrid if they collapse in the Clasico this week and and then they you know you see them carry on and and really start to fall apart again then I think Ajax will fancy this I, I really really do and I think that given the the fact that Ajax are now looking at this being their last season with De Jong you know, maybe the same delight. We we don't know what will happen there in the summer. But if this is really their kind of last chance saloon and their their kind of uh, attempt to give one last gift to the Ajax supporters, why not sign off and also sign off into your Barcelona audition with with a victory over Real Madrid? That that would be the perfect way to do it. So I, I think that there's more at stake here than people are putting putting down. But actually, I think Ajax are a better side than people give them credit for. And with Real Madrid, you know, not necessarily stumbling given the, the fact that they seem to have turned things around a little bit, but definitely still not at their peak. There's mm. definitely opportunities here. Yeah, I mean, Ajax are going to score goals in that game. There's no doubt about it. That they're really impressive going forward. You got Zayek, you got Dolberg, you got Shona. They've got some. Don't real... forget Dusan Tadic, Dean. Sorry, Don't forget Dusan Tadic. Also, look, they step up on the European nights. They have done this season. Like they've been really good in the yeah. Champions League this season. They they've produced their best performances on these nights. So you can never necessarily count them out. That's and why the I think Spears has been so good at those games. That's why I think Dean's prediction of three two to Madrid is a very very good one. Very good one. You bank you bank on at least three goals happening. You probably back Real Madrid to edge it because they've got that, that this is when they kick into gear. But you can't discount Ajax because of what they've done already this season. Right, Sam, let's move this words on. What is your hot take for this week? So, Borussia Dortmund are top of the Bundesliga. They're top of my European club rankings on Bleach Report. They're one of the most exciting teams in the world. We've talked about Marco Royce coming back to form, Axel Witzel transferring from China successfully, Jadon Sancho, Alcacer's goals off the bench. I don't think we give enough credit to the manager and the mastermind behind all of this, which is Lucien Favre. Yep. I think he's been probably the manager of the season so far in Europe, across any league. I mean, how he's managed to create this team, I appreciate it's in a down year for Bayern Munich, and that's that's playing into the fact that they are top of the Bundesliga by a distance. But how he's managed to get so many things right this season is incredible. Even when his lineups look a bit dodgy, he's spotted something that no one has, or he's rectified it with good substitutions. He's got he's transform, transformed Akraf Hakimi into a, basically an unwanted loan. So one of the most attacking fullbacks and impressive attacking fullbacks in Europe. 
He's he's had a central defensive crisis and he's got Julian Weigel playing centre-half and he's nailing it. Paco Alcacer, every time he comes off the bench, he scores. Witzel has never played better football in his entire career than yeah. he is right now. Mm-hmm. And look what he's doing with Sancho. Look what he's doing with Brun Larsen on the other wing, the young Danish winger. I've run out of stuff to say about <laughs> Favre that isn't overwhelmingly positive. Everything he touches turns to gold. Goals. Goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think, it, yeah, he, he's done such a good job there. I think wherever he's gone in his managerial career, he, he's done brilliantly. And, and you know, we've seen that, I suppose, most kind of obviously at Mönchengladbach and Nice. But he started off as the under-14s manager of Echelons where he, was, where he played. And he just sort of started that job by accident, basically. Someone was <laughs> like, do you want to come along for a bit and help? And he was like, oh, yeah, all right. And then he slowly got into it. <laughs> done all right. And, and, see, and he's now probably the most wanted manager in, in Europe. He I will think. be, he certainly. Will, he yeah. very much is in that pantheon, if not the single most wanted manager. And from such sort of auspicious beginnings, he's really carved himself a kind of niche as one of the most tactically apt, one of the most clever managers in, in the game. And I think that, you know, Dortmund are really onto a gem here. And if they can keep hold of him, we could see something developing there at Dortmund, which could last a, a long time and could eventually sort of break that Bayern dynasty that has, has basically dominated the football for so long in the it's funny that you say that he's going to be the most kind of sought after because he will be exactly that and Dortmund just have this knack don't they of finding people just in time and I always think that English clubs are a little bit lazy when it comes to finding managers because they wait for somebody to go somewhere else and do really well and then they pay them fortunes to come and try and do the same thing at their club now this is his first season at Dortmund and obviously he's doing really well and they're going to want to keep him way beyond this season he's got a contract going to 2020 but um, I can just see it next summer suddenly like Everton or somebody comes in and offers this man fortunes and big compensation fee and he should decline that offer for, for, for what it's yeah. worth I mean, yeah, but you can see you know, you know what I mean that's what will happen a Premier League club will definitely make an offer for this man in the next year Yeah, well, I want to take things on I want to speak about a manager as well but also for hot takes, we're going to try something new next week. So we've obviously got a lot of questions through both of your Instagram channels, through mine, through our Twitter, all of those things. So next week, I'm going to try and take the two best questions that I think come in, and I'm going to put them on a poll on Twitter. And we'll share that off to be our football account, and we'll vote um, on what the best question is, and then we'll discuss it. But this week, I've picked one, and this came in from Anurag A17 on Instagram. He said, what do you think of Kike Setien, who is the Real Betis manager. I think that he's the best manager in La Liga by some distance. To to kind of give you an idea of what Setien has achieved this year, he's beaten Real Madrid, he's beaten Barcelona at the Nou Camp, he's beaten Atletico Madrid last week, they're in the semi-finals of the Copa del Rey, they're through quite comfortably in Europe, and Betis have transformed from a sort of mid-table Spanish club into a genuine European force and one that the big teams are scared to go and play. And Real Madrid were very, very lucky to come away from the Via Marine a couple of weeks ago with all three points. We discussed it on the podcast at the time. But, you know, I think that Setien is basically setting his stall out as he would be the perfect next Barcelona manager. So this summer, you know, Barcelona, if they have that decision to make, if you, if you were in that position, put yourself in the Barcelona board you have the option to get rid of Valverde and bring in Setien. That's something you'd pull the trigger on without hesitation. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at La Liga and the, the kind of managers that they've had that have really made a name for themselves, Guardiola, Benitez, Pochettino, Emery, 
This band's going to be up there if he can continue this. I mean, he's the thing. He's sixty years old, I think, isn't he? He is, yeah. And so it's taken quite a while to get to this moment in his career. And you would actually be thinking at, at this stage he might be more suited to the Spain national team job. Um, that I don't think is going to come up right now for him. But in under different circumstances, he could probably have been walking into a job like that. That's how well things have gone for him. But like you say, I think Barcelona is a good fit. He would fit so perfectly there that it seems like a natural appointment. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it for Hot Takes this week. And so we're looking forward to getting Ahmed from A-Star Barbers in and he'll be there after the break. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks, where we're delighted to be joined by the Barber to the Stars, Ahmed from A Star Barbers. Ahmed, how you doing, man? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, man. All good. How are you lot? Yeah, we're good. Delighted to have you with us, man. We're delighted to talk about some some real haircuts in football and, and what's kind of new in that world. So we're kind of here to, to let you take us into your world. And we're going to start with looking at the three most... <laughs> iconic haircuts that you've done or the three most memorable people that you've you've cut their hair and, and the kind of stories behind them so whenever you're ready to, to sort of kick us off yeah, then uh, this one's three. on you man so at number three has got to be Kylian Mbappe I never cut his hair before um, but I got invited out to the World Cup in Russia for the French team and I had the pleasure of cutting his hair and um, he normally has a boring one level haircut um, and I sort of just kept First time I'd done one level. Second time I see him, I sort of told him, listen, we got to take the size lower. Liven up your image. Like, yeah, <laughs> we need to give you the A-star treatment. And I give him a skin fade. And to this day now, he's, he's barber now. He's um, copying the look. So that's that's number three. What was what was it like going out to the World Cup and uh, flying out there? Kind of what's the, the story behind that? That's pretty mad. You suddenly yeah. start doing Mbappe's hit. That's, yeah, it's, it was crazy. It was a turning point in my barbering career, really. Um, just got the phone call off uh, uh, Pogba and he said listen just got the phone call off Pogba (laughs) very casual there (laughs) just got a call off him he said listen um, we need you out here we need this A star treatment I've told all the lads about you obviously you've cut Benjamin Mendy as well so we've been talking about you showing them the videos that we've done together so I said yeah put me up sorted all out my flats put me in first class and I was there I was gone um, met the lads, um, really nice group of people. I believe that's why they sort of won the World Cup because it was like a family thing. Um, and then, yeah. That was your haircut, mate. It was your haircut, so that, mate. <laughs> I, I think it was my haircut as well. I don't know if you've not seen it, but on there, on Pogba's Instagram live, they sort of said, listen, you won the cup as well. You've, you've cut every player on the team. So so I felt like I won the World Cup. I that's was on mental. holiday. I, I was on holiday and someone sent me the video and I was just like wow this is crazy World Cup and I was in, a part of that did they get you a medal? Uh, nah <laughs> you, can't ask you must much. have touched a medal you must have seen Pogba's medal no I haven't you know I need to say in that I need to I need to touch you I'll take a picture of it definitely man what's, uh, what's Ben Mendy like as a person because he comes across on social as such a such a great guy and he, he is, must be nuts in, in man, person to be with him he's the, probably the most laid back person I've ever met and I've met a lot um, he's just easy going very genuine guy uh, very generous as well and yeah it's just pleasure working with great people not just footballers just great people because I don't see him as just footballers you become friends with them and yeah so Benjamin Mendy top top guy when you're at the World Cup you say you're at the World Cup doing these players hair you're doing Mbappe's hair where are you where are you cutting their hair you in the hotel so room basically some... um, it was a mad trip because the time difference that's what Really yeah, set me back, Russia, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, so I've left early in the morning, six o'clock flight, 
get there for about four o'clock. You still got to do the drive to where they're based at. That's an hour and a half. So I get there for six thirty and I start cutting hair till about eleven thirty. I have to fit ten people in about four hours. Bad lighting. Very, very bad lighting. The second time I went, I had to bring out my own light with me. It was really bad. At one point, I need fainted because it was uh, it was just under pressure. There's a lot of pressure because obviously they, he's saying to me they need to go to bed at eleven thirty, so you can't really take too can't long. Can't mess around so with the time. Literally, yeah. bam, bam, in and out, in and out. Um, didn't even get time to eat one night. I just thought I won't eat. Um, yeah, and it was just a crazy experience. And when they won the World Cup, I wanted I wanted Belgium to win because of Edin as well but it was when they met in the semi-final I thought whoever wins that game is going to go on to win the World Cup and then obviously it was France yeah of course so you know Eden Hazard must be someone you know means a lot to you is, is he in these top three 100% yeah yeah Eden I would say Eden's uh, second so number two uh, the reason for that, Eden, as you know, he wasn't really into his hair. Um, three years ago, four years ago, before I met him, he used to cut his own hair. Um, it was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't That's know. such a madness. It's like, crazy. He's just wait, such, such, a, clippers or something. such a laid back guy. He does not care about his image. He's a family man. He don't really care about it. Um, How did you meet him then? I met him through Chelsea. So um, going into Ch- I was going into Chelsea um, training ground every Thursday uh, to cut the lads there. Um, and I met him through that, um, and sort of he's he's um I'll say he's a friend as well now, um, really nice guy, really does a lot for me, and um, I try and help him by making him look good. Was Chelsea <laughs> that that first gig in football then for you? Or was that where where it all kind of started? It's sort of, um, yeah, the the big timers, you know, the John Terry's, the Costa, uh, Oscar, Mourinho. You know I mean? Mourinho as well. Um, so that's where I actually cut Mourinho the day he got sacked um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I sort of knew he was getting sacked because he just took it all off he went well, I want one all over I thought why would you do that <laughs> are you serious no, no, honestly that's such true. a good way to find out someone was getting true story. Yeah, what kind yeah, of mood was he in um, I don't know I can't really tell you he was just he was not talking normally he's, he talks to me he's a nice guy he was a very nice guy to me one point I, I was at the canteen one day um and he he come up to me and went, "Who are you?" I thought we signed a new player because obviously I'm quite small <laughs> and stocky in that. Yeah, so I was like, "Nah, I'm just a barber." He's a very nice guy, really, really nice guy. Um, yeah. So going back to Edin, um, number two, yeah, because um, he's got he goes. He, we went for skin fade, um, f- four on top. No, before it was scissors on top, so I got him down to four. That neat shaped look, you know, the beard grown out, shaped. And then a lot of people um, copying his trademark now. That's his trademark. I get it on Instagram all the time. What's 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 his look? What's what's what grade is it on top? Blah blah. blah. So yeah, Eden's number two. Did you shave his eyebrow as well? Do I remember you telling me that, or shaved in his hair or something? Uh, no, we shaved uh, two lines in his hair. Two lines. That's uh, it, yeah. uh, he won. He lost a bit. <laughs> so I said to him, "Listen, <laughs> um, right, we're giving you the skin phase now. Um, you're looking half decent." <laughs> let me let me let me do let me do lines or patterns or whatever. He's like, listen, if I if I score a hat trick this year, you can do whatever you want. So I said, all right, because you're probably gonna score a hat trick. <laughs> That's quite so, a good bet for, yeah, for you. Right? Yeah, so I shook on it. Um, scored the hat trick. Text him straight away. He went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm trying not to score for a goal. <laughs> so um, so he's like, I was like, I can do what I want. Then he sort of crapped him. Like, he to a point, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah he's, um, he thought, um, 
yeah, so I said, um, nah, I could do what I want. He said, nah, nah, come on, not, not not what you want. I know what you want to do, bleach my hair, blah, blah. He said, just do two lines. I said, well, it's not really my bet, is it really? Um, but all right, I'll take that. So I, that's when I've done the two lines. Did you want to bleach his hair? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think he'd look good, blonde? I think he would look sick. That Sergio Aguilero yeah, yeah, silver I look. Think, I think that's the... Now I was going into bleach and colour and, and that sort of look, you know, the sharp, short um, and facial hair as well now. The, the beard's in. What chance that he eventually lets you do his hair? No chance. No chance. No chance. No. Shame. Fair no enough. Chance. Well, I we... took it. I, I know I'd take it. <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. Well, who's in it? Who's in a number one then? There must be someone you know, quite special to stop Eden Hazard, right? Uh, number one has got to be Pogba because uh, he's just... His style is always challenging for me, uh, very creative. Because um, I see I see my job now is not just a barber, it's more of an artist. I like the patterns, I like the, the colouring, I like to be creative with that side of it. And he's just, every haircut means something to him. Um, like the haircut that went, when he won the World Cup, I put the two stars in his hair. Yep. Um, the, the red and the blonde stripe on the side with the fire on the side, that was viral. Everyone was... Um, doing that hairstyle uh, is in FIFA now as well. Um, so yeah, it's got to be Pogba. So what does it what does it mean to you when people say that Pogba should concentrate on his football and spend less time on his hair? Um, like you're the guy that's doing his hair. It's just it's, they just want to pick on it. Look, now he's playing good. His hairstyles ain't coming up. Yeah, no one's talking about him. Oh, he's allowed to get whatever he wants now because he's playing good. It's just people will pick on anything if you're not doing well. Uh, or you, things ain't going right for you, um, but I, I just think haircut is 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 like anything. It's like if I was to give Dean a haircut and he goes out to a bar or whatever, he's gonna feel confident to talk into a girl. If you was looking rough, you're gonna feel a little bit. Oh, I'm always confident, not, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, not you then. You can give Sam one. So, Sam lacks confidence. Yeah. So what I'm trying to get at yeah, is yeah. haircuts does give you confidence yeah, in every aspect of life. Because if you feel good about yourself, you're gonna play well or have a good meeting or go to your college feeling good. It's just in every aspect of life. So yeah. But it turns out he's on the biggest stage, right? You know, the, the Premier League is the most watched league in the world. You know, the World Cup final was watched by more people than ever before. Mm. You know, he wants to go out onto that stage looking his best, I suppose. That's of the course. kind of it. And that's, I don't think people can knock him for that. And like I said, it's just haters and, um, yeah, just literally haters. Because he's a big name, they want to just pick something to talk about because he sells the stories. So yeah. let's just talk about his hair. Well, he don't really care. Tell us what he's like away from all that. Very professional, really, really professional. Uh, takes his football very seriously. Takes his, um, he feels like his food, everything. Just seeing it, he's very professional. Top, top athlete. Where do you do his hair? Do you go to his house now? I go to his work? house. Sometimes when he's in London, I go to the hotel. Uh, yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the kind of work that, that you're doing in the shop, you know, in going around. What's the kind of day-to-day basis for you and, and, and what's the kind of next year looking like from your perspective? So at the moment, we're trying to build a brand. We've got the tattoo, A-Star Tattoos. We've got A-Star Coffee. The next thing for the barbershop's booming. Um, so um, we're trying to build a brand. Uh, hopefully the next step is we want to franchise to different countries. Maybe next one, Dubai or... I don't know, America, somewhere in America. So um, that's what we want to do. We want to keep pushing on and make the make the brand really big. 
you're bringing it into other sports as well and uh, making yeah. that kind of jump, I suppose. Uh, you know, especially in America, you go out there and you exactly. look at the basketball world. Exactly. And all that kind so of that's thing. what. Uh, hopefully that's what I can get into um, and it's just trying to push the limit really and, and turn this bar, the barber life into a lifestyle yeah, and, and make it like now I get kids kids texting me on, on Instagram um, or, or messages or whatever and they're just saying I want to become a barber I want to before you, no one really cared about being a barber now it's like it feels good that you're inspiring people to become a barber because look barbering can take you Long way, yeah, definitely. Did you I ever think it could lead to this, though? Never, never, never thought it would lead to this. It would just sort of just happen. But that's why it's inspiring because no one would have thought it. Well, what inspired you to become a barber? What, what were the things that that brought you into this? So world, I'm I from um, art background, so I've got a diploma in art. So I, I, I was into my art drawing, um, had the eye for it, and really just had enough of barbers f***ing <laughs> my hair up. Basically, <laughs> I really had enough of it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I'm going to take this in my hand now. I went and bought myself clippers and I started doing a good job of my hair. Sounds like what Eden Hazard did. <laughs> so I thought to myself, I, I, yeah, I've, I've had enough of it. I'm travelling all this way and my hair is not the way I like it. So I started doing my own hair, um, started doing it good. Then I looked at my brother one day, he walked up the stairs. I was like, all right, I'll have some of that. <laughs> I said, like, can you take, it, take a seat? So I started cutting his hair. Then my dad... Then one, once I got my neighbour in as well, um, my clippers were so sharp, I cut his whole front. <laughs> and then his dad come and knocked on the door and said, listen, don't ever cut his hair again. <laughs> Is he still saying that now? Nah. No, I, I, I got him back though the following week. I was like, come here. Come here. I've, I've, I've done it. I've done the blade. I've adjusted it. So yeah, um, into that sort of thing, I just fell in love with it really. It was like a hobby. I didn't see it as a job. Uh, worked in the shop, built a massive clientele, and then to start, my brother joined, joined me in becoming a barber, so it sort of helped that as well. And opened up a barber shop in 2013, um, uh, yeah, and went through there. I suppose for me, the, the big jump from cutting you know, your hair and your brother's hair to cutting the, the, the hair of Premier League footballers and mm. the, the biggest stars in the world is, is, is some chasm. Like, was there sort of a moment where one person changed things and brought you in somewhere else that, that really opened things so up? So what, what, what I think what's happened is, obviously, you've got to work hard and, yeah. and, and get your haircuts to look top and then people talk. Word of mouth, oh, he's a really good barber around here. Go on and see him. And then sort of if if an opportunity comes, you got to take it. Like, so the, the moment that John Terry called me and said, listen, I need I need you at the training ground or whatever, through Jamal Blackman, because that's who I used to cut, the youngsters, Lewis yeah, Baker, yeah. Ruben Loftus, Cheek, Dom Solanke. So that was my first people. Mm. And that it, it gave me access to the top ways. But I'm, what I'm trying to say, when you get an opportunity, you got to just take it and sort of... In a way, they got to like you, like your personality, not just your haircut. So Absolutely. that's what I think went right for me. So, um, yeah. And obviously, I've got a great family behind me. I've got a beautiful wife. She supports me. She, she runs the business as well, does all the paperwork side of it. And you've got to just be people supporting you. I've got a good family in that. So... I suppose one of the, the big questions for me is, especially because you just said it there with your neighbour, you know, you made a bad cut. Yeah. Have you ever 
gone into uh, not necessarily a, a Premier League football, but any sort of any person and, and sort of I don't know accidentally shaved a zero down the middle of their head and then had to be like right, I'm gonna have to style this out. With, uh, uh, we're looking somewhere decent. No, never. Thank God, because like, <laughs> I think you when you make an, a mistake or an accident, I think you're sort of laid back and you're not concentrating. I think that's when it happens. And when I'm cutting all these top athletes, I have to be on my game. Everything yeah, yeah. has to. I don't want to hear talking I'm just literally concentrating and um, so I think it's more you need to concentrate and if you do no no accidents will happen alright let's talk some iconic hairdos ok who started it off for you like who, who's the major player here in terms of revolutionising this, this industry for me I think it's David Beckham because he was just coming with different styles one day he's a Mohican one day he's long hair short hair and the dreads, I don't know why he done that. <laughs> but listen, he done different hairstyles. So I think he was more of the one person that sort of started it. For me, anyway. When it was I, my style icon, by the way. For I me, as curtains. Yeah. Loved so, it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> for, for me, growing up, is seeing him. I don't know if there's others bef- before him. And like Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo, when he done that. The phenomenal. Hair, the phenomenal. Yeah, that, for me, was like, yeah. He had to win the World Cup after that. <laughs> so <laughs> not a fan of that one. <laughs> no, I think I've, I like it. Carry I it it's, it's very unique. Has anybody else asked for it since? Nah. <laughs> but I think it's unique. That's why I liked it because it was like something different. I like different things, different hairstyles. All right. Well, you like obviously you like the good ones. What about the bad ones? Because some footballers have shockers, right? Bad ones. It's got to be Beckham dreadlocks. <laughs> I think eventually Neymar's adding fake hair into his hair as well or dreads <laughs> he's got to get you get get you in I need to, and yeah I need to go and see him uh, for me I need to see Ronaldo as well I think Cristiano because I'm not I know disrespect to his barber but he, we can we can look after that you can work <laughs> so, with him yeah. you've got to have some inroads there surely uh, once Eden joins Real Madrid next year he might have he's get his number off one of the other lads there you never know you never know so just have to have to sort of keep working and one day it might happen yeah, one of the names that always comes up when you're talking maybe worst hair, definitely iconic hair, is Bakary Sanya. Do you remember Bakary Sanya had like dreadlocks that were hanging down off the side of his head oh, that yeah. were bleached blonde? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was bad. That was very bad. It was just just hanging on. What if someone wants that though? What do you do if someone asks for a bad style? I, I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> Would you actually? Like, as in, if they were just like, I don't like this, you know, they were like, this is what I want and you if didn't like really it. It's really bad. I wouldn't put my work on it. Like I wouldn't. I would try and talk talk him round and say no, it ain't gonna look good. But if they really want it, then I'll I'll just have to make a decision whether to do it or not. What about Messi and the development of his haircuts? Obviously, the long hair to, to begin with, and now is a lot sharper, a lot shorter. So the the thing is, is with Messi's hair, is more. I think it's like a hairdresser cutting his hair. It's not a barber, so you can see the blend. You can see the the shapes not sharp enough so I think it's it's like hairdressing looking after his hair not knocking the hairdresser or whatever but I'll do a better job <laughs> this what is the answer Sam's hair any good got the option I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I can't do nothing that's with harsh. that that's I really think we need to no, I'm joking we bleach it a bit darker I was going to say don't bleach it blonder <laughs> no no darker we'll go we'll go like dark brown or whatever you're like. not allowed to start shaving stuff in it no 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 we won't um, and I'll put like Bleacher Report about BRM. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need That's to make everybody on the train knows which podcast I'm on, right? I um, like it. I think I think we should be looking we'll to get that sorted at some point later down the line. We'll get people to vote for it. Not with relation to me. God, don't do this to me. How do we feel about Mohawks? 
I like them. All shaved all the way down with the mohawk through the middle. Talking Nangalan and Hamsik. Uh, um, I think it, it's got its own look. I think you need to have the face to pull it off. Uh, but I, I quite like it. I think it's, 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 a, it's a unique look. But not anyone can pull it off. Yeah. Last one. Were you, were you as sad as we were when Maran Fellaini shaved his afro off? No, I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> How long would it take to cut that off? Um, probably 45 minutes. Would it? That's yeah. a lot of hair. Yeah, no, but don't forget, you, you got clippers on top. So all you got to do is, what, is like shaping it, putting it in shape. It'll take about 45 minutes. I could do that in 10 with a hedge trimmer. No problem. <laughs> and I'm cheaper as well. Yeah, someone's still got all that hair somewhere. Yeah, somewhere it's been kept in a collection. <laughs> all right, mate. Well, I mean, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been no an absolute pleasure. pleasure. Do you want to just sell yourself Instagram, Twitter, yeah, the so shop? Uh, follow, us, uh, follow us on Instagram at astarbarbers. Um the shop uh, is located in Cheserton 28 North Parade. That's the tattoo shop as well. And the coffee shop's not far from that as well. So, yeah. Well, I've been us. down there. I've been down to his barber's and I've seen his coffee shop and it's a smart setup this man's got. TVs at every station. There's always football on in there. There's usually footballers in there as yeah. well from like teams around London. Like Proper setup. This man's smashing it. Well, Thank if you're you, in the UK, make sure that you get yourself down there. Any discounts for quoting BR football ranks <laughs> when they walk in the door? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. People. No, thank you Cheers very up. much, mate. Thank we'll you. see you after the break. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks. Thank you so much to Ahmed from A Star Barbers, who has fascinated us with some of those tales from around the world. It's back to the three musketeers, though, for Bleacher Roulette. The questions are ready. Word is set. Dean, you want to give it a spin? You scored the winning goal in a cup final. What's your celebration? Oh, that is good. God, my celebration used to be so boring when I used to play football. I used to just put my hand up, which is rude. That sucks. To be because you're so used to scoring. Dude. I was, uh, to be fair, I did used to score about 50, 60 goals a season. So um, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say a game then. <laughs> no, no I'm, being, no, I'm being genuine. I scored about 50, 60 goals a season. Um, At under anyway, nines level. <laughs> let's, not, let's not talk about my heroics. Let's talk about this one. Um... I would start with that because that is me. That's who I am. So I'd have my hand in the air and I'd maybe wheel away like Alan Shearer used to do. But to modernise it, I think I'd like turn it into like a diving dab. So I'd like oh, it'd be Shearer becomes Pogba becomes something else. So yeah, I'd be running away, hand in the air, and then turn it into a diving dab. It's difficult to answer this question because if I scored a goal in a cup final, it'd be a miracle. It, it would be my first ever professional goal in football because I'm yet to score one okay. you never really know how you're going to celebrate your first goal no. the emotion takes over you hear it from players all the time I'm pretty sure I would attack the corner flag in some way though that corner flag is in my crosshairs and I'm going straight for it I'm excited yeah I think I'm going straight in the crowd if I'm honest oh, I, I can imagine no, you doing uh, that I have no in- well, I mean, shirt off my celebration used to be the Robbie Keane that was always my one what was the Robbie Keane the role it was a, a cartwheel followed by a forward roll followed by a sort of triple finger sort of gun salute which, yeah. is, uh, which was great I and I enjoyed myself doing that okay. but you know I also uh, two hands to the sky was always a classic I, I enjoyed that from Lionel <laughs> what Messi. in park football you were looking up at the sky yeah they, for me <laughs> you look great. my granddad you know it was all nice they were nice on that but yeah no I, I think I think to be honest uh, given the emotional person that I am I, I think I'd be straight in the crowd so that would be that would be my answer <laughs> right Sam give it a spin Pick two footballers you'd love to see in a boxing match. Ooh. Oh. Sergio Ramos and Sergio Busquets. <laughs> Off you go, lads. How many Classicos have you played? How many times have you fouled each other? How many times have you tried to get each other sent off? 
Go and settle your differences mm. over the course of twelve rounds. That'd be good. Where would you hold? Where would you host this fight? Somewhere Mestalla. equidistant between Madrid and Barcelona. Mm. Hit the maps and tell me where that is later, Dean. Mm, yeah, okay. Oh, this is a good one, Dean. Have you got? Well, I think I would actually stick with the Sergio Ramos one, but I would twist it by saying throw Mo Salah in there with him because he needs some revenge, that man. Yeah, but I think that'd be a rubbish boxing. Well, match. you say, it, but I would give to to even things up. Because I don't think they're the same height and weight. I think Ramos has got a bit over him. Has he? You, you, think, you think he might? Just got a hunch that he might have something over him. So Salah gets two free hits. <laughs> Salah gets two free hits at Ramos and then you're off. Yeah, I mean, it's a big one. It's a big one. I don't know what Salah's going to do with those two free hits. He might even kick him rather than uh, punch him because I don't know the rules of this fight. <laughs> I it's think, he's obviously got a bad shoulder from the Champions League fight. Also. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the ones you could do is make this really entertaining is have, you know, it's a bit like we do FIFA sim sometimes that are big people versus small people. Check them out on YouTube if you haven't already. (laughs) But what if you had a boxing match that was Peter Crouch against Lorenzo Insigne? Oh, (laughs) so you have obviously Crouch has the reach, has it, but but Insigne is rubbish at boxing. Yeah, well, precisely, but so would Insigne because he's about five foot three. He'd be a terrier though. So, so it'd be interesting to see how that one panned out. You know, if he could get anywhere near Crouch or if, you know, the reach itself would, would hold him off. I'd be interested in the actual spectacle there. And to ask you where you'd host it, where's halfway between Napoli and Burnley? Oh, I think it's Valencia. <laughs> I, think we're, uh, I think we're sorted. So we'd have these all at the Mastaya, and uh, I think we'd be, we'd be cooking. Right, yeah, sorry. let's spin this wheel. Okay, so this one is from Instagram, Z3BO10, which I'm going to kindly read as Zebo10. Uh, he says, money is no object. You need to replace Fernandinho who are you picking for your side? Oh. I assume this is a long-term thing. It's not a you know a quick kind of one answer. The, the obvious answer is 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 obviously Frankie De Jong from Ajax, Sergio who's Busquets. now signed from Barcelona. Yeah, well, yeah, but as in Sergio Busquets, obviously isn't a long-term yeah. option. So you need someone who's a terrier but also can pass. I mean, you could imagine that maybe later down the line, Luke, someone like Lucas Torreira could play this role, yeah, or, or would be able to to slot into that side, but. Yeah, I think that'd be my answer. I go to Reira as a long, a long-term replacement for Fernandinho, and also Arsenal would definitely sell to City. They would, do it again. <laughs> they would, yeah. Well, my, my, I think my pick, um, they wouldn't, they wouldn't sell to City have to. because it's Liverpool, and I think Fabinho actually is probably about right for this role. It's going to be really, really hard to replace Fernandinho because the the skills that he melds together are pretty rare. Um, his like his tenacity and his defensive work and his ability to anticipate and pin teams in, which is actually why I like the Torreira shout because he does that extremely well, Jack. Yeah. But you also need to be so confident on the ball and you can distribute from the base of the midfield. It's so hard to do. Fabinho, I think, is that guy though. I think he has all of those abilities, the physical stuff, the passing stuff. He has the defensive work rate. I think he'd be perfect. You just have to spend like literally about 150 million quid to get him out of Liverpool because he's their new midfield gem, isn't he? Yeah, of course. Of course I'm going to be a bit more risky. I'm going to go for Declan Rice. <laughs> I think that is prob- such a big. I know he's great, but wow. I, that's what I mean. It's it's a bit of a risk because I'm spending 50, 60 million on him here. Um, so West Ham are happy. They've got that money, even though they wanted to hold on to him. But Declan Rice, the Irish sedan. The Irish slash English Zidane <laughs> <laughs> hasn't decided yet. We'll reveal one day on this podcast, I and reckon. He, and he's not a Zidane either. No, he's certainly not. But he's, <laughs> he's much better. He's amazing, like how he's adapted to the Premier League this season. Like I, 
I haven't seen many young footballers come in and look so assured as Declan Rice has when they've come through the ranks at a football club. Obviously, started off as a centre-back as well, wasn't expecting to be playing centre-mid in these matches and having some huge battles with some of the best players in the world. Um, look at his impact in that Liverpool game um, on Monday. He's fantastic. OK, he's not up to Fernandinho levels yet, but I reckon with time you could coach somebody like that to, to have the parts of his game that he hasn't quite got yet. When it comes to winning a ball back and reading a game, there's not many better. Yeah, it's startling, isn't it, how good he's been? He's, I, I think a lot of people are still kind of figuring out or, or maybe even just starting to come round to believing the fact that Declan Rice is actually a very, very good footballer. Yeah, so that's a good term. The craziest thing for me is that every time West Ham play a, a top six side this season, Declan Rice is brilliant. Like It wasn't just the Liverpool game we were recording in that same week where he's just played against Liverpool, but against Manchester United as well and against Chelsea earlier in the season at the Olympic Stadium. He was amazing. So it's yeah. not just like, yeah. oh yeah, he was good against like Southampton and Fulham and Burnley. Like He's dominating midfields against the best teams in England. Yeah. So I like it as a long-term shout. It's definitely not something I would have immediately gone to, but... I. I like the fit. Yeah, well, listen, Pep, we know you're listening. That's your three options. There you are. Make your choice and, uh, and go with it. So, Throw us some cash. There we are. We are, we are now the official <laughs> scouting network of Manchester City. Thanks for that question on Instagram as well. Sam, it's time for everyone's favourite part of the show. It's time for nonsense rankings. What have you got this week? It's not my favourite part of the show. I feel like I get put under intense pressure for this you one. Sweat to be when honest, this part Jack. comes along, don't you? I do, yeah. Um, okay, well, this week we're ranking countries by their cuisine. Like it. Okay, I can join in with this one. I couldn't really join in last week because I don't watch films. Okay, yeah, <laughs> countries by their cuisine. So your typical national dishes or your favourite bits from there. At number three, and you've probably guessed by now. Usually, this is kind of like my wild card slot where, like, oh, I'm I'm pretty sure it's good, but I'm pretty sure also I'm going to get a lot of crap for it. I'm going to go Mexico at number three. Okay, yeah, um, burritos, fajitas, enchiladas, tacos, inject it all. Love it. Uh, absolutely love it. All amazing. The one thing I would say, though, and this is going to be controversial, I think guacamole is vastly overrated. And people get pretty upset when I say that. Jack's Maybe looking you haven't at me. had good guacamole? No, I think I, I, think really? I have. I think I have. I've, I've tried at least three different types, Dean. I um, don't mind this shout. I think it's I really overrated. I about like, everything, but I, I think that I like guac, but like no more than like, as in like much, I'd much rather have salsa than guacamole. Better than mayonnaise. Yeah, it's better than mayonnaise. <laughs> guac, guac is like, you know, you get like your, your typical kind of like, you get salsa, you get your sour cream, guac, like it's third and it's not really close to the others for me. I have, yeah, I have, you to, have to pay say. extra for it as well. Normally. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like everyone's like, you have to pay extra for your guacamole. Like I'm like, it's not that good. Like yeah. it's good, but it's not that That's good. That's All right. Okay, Sam, I'm, okay. I'm going to accept that next can go there. Go on, what's yeah, two? Thank you, Jack. Uh, into number two, I would say the cream of the European selection, Spain, because tapas is lit. Yeah, yeah tapas is lit. Love, the, love the variety. Um, absolutely adore like pretty much everything in there. Love the variety of tapas. Love the fact that it's meat heavy. Like pork ribs and stuff you can get is amazing, but pr- pretty much everything on that menu. And like... <sighs> I don't necessarily eat that many vegetables, so I just order some padron peppers, and I love salt, so just cover it in salt, and that's my that's my one bit of. You're gonna die, young that's man. My, that's Sam my one dish. Man. That's my one vegetable dish, and I can have like five others which are different. Which are different. One day this podcast is just going to be two people talking directly to each other, and they'll be like, "Why is Sam?" We're like, "We're not going to talk about it because we'll all get too upset." We've got to ignore it, <laughs> mate. I, I, I like this shout again, but like also you've suggested that's the cream of European cuisine, and that suggests you're rating Spanish above Italian, yeah. and Italian cuisine is oh, the most is, basic and standard mm. and the most amazing 
you know, you can do basic Italian, you can do world-class Italian, and it's all just incredible. And while I love tapas, I once had Italian tapas, and it was better than Spanish tapas, <laughs> because you just get loads of, like, tiny pizzas and little pasta dishes, and it was incredible, and, yeah, everything about that. Yeah, it's interesting to know where in the world you're going next to be. Yeah, well, Italy's, Italy was my number four, so it's my first honourable mention. Um, so, but I ba- it's basically just got edged out, I think. I wonder if maybe the, the novelty factor has actually played against Italy there, because been eating Italian food like all my life. Yeah, yeah. But then not necessarily in my childhood was I eating tapas or Mexican food. Mm. So maybe that maybe there's a factor in there. All right, but what's that one? In, at, on. in at number one is uh is Japan. Oh. Japan. Whoa. I didn't see you. I wasn't expecting that. I was not expecting. I thought we were going Chinese or Indian food. That's where I thought we were going. Okay. No, Japan. Go on, explain yourself. Any, like basically noodle soup. Noodle soup, tonkotsu ramen stuff, any gyoza. Gyoza is so good. And a chicken katsu curry is one of the best curries you can get. So again, you get the variety, but it basically... What about they, sushi? Are you into sushi? Actually, not really. <laughs> Isn't that like the main thing? I, I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say it's the main thing. When I think of Japanese food, I think of sushi, but maybe that's just me. Fair enough. It's just because you've seen sushi bars and stuff, but like their, their, their cuisine is incredibly varied. Like There's so much to it, which is another reason why I like it so much. And I can rank it number one, even if I don't really like sushi very much. That's a big call. I, 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 again... Big fan of Japanese food, but I, I think you've got these wrong. Like, I, I'm yeah. going to have to suggest that you've missed out Indian and you've missed out Italian, and for me, they're the two big hitters. That, they were that my don't four and five. Lift. They were my yeah, four and five. I know that's that's nice and all, but it doesn't <laughs> yeah. mean they're in. They the would three. both be in my top three. I Absolutely, to say, I think like... I'd I'd stick with Mexican with you. I'm, I'm okay yeah, taking that one, three, but they would be my that, three. Yeah. I think uh, I've got to say. So uh, what's, what, what are you putting number one? Indian one. Italian two, Mexican three. Are you I'm the same? Yeah. yeah. Good God, guys. Uh, why do you think we spend Travel so much the world time with your away with each other? That's why we go out without you, Mo. <laughs> well, I don't want to come. <laughs> He'll see us. He'll see us at the sushi bar when he's not eating anything. <laughs> I'll be shouting as anyone for cooking any katsu yeah, while they're eating Exactly. Sushi. Well, I think that's pretty much it for today's episode of VR Football Ranks. If you've enjoyed this and you're not already, make sure that you're subscribed, especially if you are listening on the web for the first time or just on the web for the more than the first time I guess um, you can give your ratings and your reviews over there we're on Spotify we're on Stitcher we're on all of those platforms so make sure you're subscribed and get us locked in your inbox every time remember that you can always get involved with the podcast by using the hashtag BRFootballRanks we love having your questions look out on Twitter next week for the poll which is going to decide one of our hot takes and then suggest for roulette as well All that's left for me to do is to say thank you so much to Dean Jones. I've had a lovely time. Thank you so much to Sam Tai. Thank you. My name has been Jack Collins. Let's spread the word about BR Football Ranks, and we'll see you next week, Rank Squad. Take care. (laughs) 